0: Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and I'm joined by the wonderful national world TV critics, Stephen Ross and Benjamin Jackson, forging a path through the world of television, be it good, bad or ugly.
1: Oh, I like that. (laughs)
0: Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to Freeview Channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle TV film, and much more If you haven't tuned in before each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive This week Stephen is going to tell us about Noel Fielding's new venture The Completely Made Up Adventures of Dick Turpin Finally we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed Last week was coupling We're staying in the same era this week and Benji has a classic for us He's going to talk about Spaced But first we like to talk about what everybody's been watching. Benji, you're up first this week. Well, I mean, it, it'd
1: be rude if I didn't re-watch Dune part one, considering that oh. it's out tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And I was a bit awkward watching it at the cinema just because it felt kind of long. That's the kind of situation you get sometimes with Dennis Villeneuve movies is that yeah, yeah. He, loves, uh, he loves a panoramic shot of kind of like brutalist architecture. He did it with mm-hmm. uh, Blade Runner. He did it with prisoners and he's done, he does it again with Dune. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought that they kind of speed run uh, bits of it just to get where they needed to do at the end. Okay. Uh, given that Zendaya was prominently kind of advertised for the original movie. I mean, she's in it, but not that not huge much. amount that you would expect mm. like a lead. Minutes, apparently. Yeah. It's, it's not a lot whatsoever. So I'm hoping that with Dune part two, it, it it expands upon Charney, which is her character a bit more. And I'm I'm just really into it. I just kind of, it's a space version of Game of Thrones, is it not? Maybe Stephen yeah. could like stop me if I, that's the laziest comparison he's heard today. No, oh, it sounds, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely been watching that the school up ahead of the sequel that is out tomorrow. And uh, yeah, alongside Spaced, I caught a little bit of a pre-spaced Edgar Wright, Jessica Hines, And Simon Pegg TV series called Asylum, which also had Julian Barrett. It used to air on UK Gold and it was kind of the front runner for those, let's call them new wave of uh, alternative comedians in the late 90s. It was them just doing sketch comedy before they went on and did either Big Train or Spaced or stuff like that. But okay. two, and a, two and a half hours watching Dune will take it out on someone. So after that, I, <laughs> I need to go for a walk, listen to some music and uh, have a lie down. Because yeah. there's a hell of a <laughs> lot of orange in that movie. A hell of a lot of orange.
0: Oh, it's funny, isn't it? When you watch certain things that are like, I always remember Seven was so dark, you know, it's like messes with your, your I don't know, visual, like your whatever's going on in your brain. And yeah, you do you do need a break after some of those. Yeah, I mean,
1: I thought my monotone. eyes were going to get, I thought my eyes were going to get screen burn, but it was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just those, those panoramic that, shots. I'm sure that was the much.
0: intention. That was the intention to, you know, really... Make you feel the atmosphere and be oh, in the movie, yeah. you know.
1: I mean, he absolutely did it to me and me alone, didn't he?
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, right, Stephen, what have you been watching? Tell us, tell us.
2: I've not been watching a huge amount, but I have started 15 Stories oh. High, the uh, Sean Locke London flat sitcom. Oh, yeah. um, came around the same time as Peep Show, mm. I think about a year earlier than Peep Show started, but. Fifteen stories high only runs for two, uh, seasons, uh, two thousand two, two thousand four. It's really good. It's it's a bit drier than Peep Show, mm-hmm. I guess, and a bit more stripped back and much much lower budget. But it's Sean Locke living in this high rise flat, and he's a fairly weird misanthropic guy who doesn't like intimacy or being touched or in, struggles to make friends and he gets up into lots of different scrapes and he's his new flatmate who moves in at the start of the series is uh, played by Benedict Wong who obviously went on to be in the Doctor Strange movies and they have a sort of weird relationship where Sean Lock's character sort of I don't know tries to rule the roost a bit in his uh, castle that is this sort of two bed mm-hmm. flat in somewhere in London but very funny uh, definitely worth a watch obviously it got a lot of attention after Sean Locke died it got put back on all 4 or channel 4 online or channel4.com whatever it's called now and so i've i finally got around to giving it a proper look and it is it is very funny i think you could easily get through the two seasons in in a couple of days um and it, it it's something that if you do like peep show it's got the same sort of setting and format but it's a bit more i guess it's a bit more episodic and it's a bit well, it's a lot drier, but it's it's definitely it's very very classic sort of Sean Locke humour. It's co-written by him as well, as well as starring him. And it's yeah, very very good sitcom. When
0: Com- when was it? out, do you, do you know? Two
2: thousand two. Oh, it's 2000- quite a long time ago. All oh,
0: right, okay.
2: I believe. Yeah, he's he's really like weirdly young in it because obviously he sort of came to prominence through. Eight out of ten cats, and most of the time you see him on TV is it's from the last sort of decade or mm-hmm. so. So, um, yeah, it's a much younger Sean Locke, but you can see where his comedy style comes from. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a great flat share sitcom. So, if you're into flat share sitcoms, it's probably one of the better ones I've seen.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anything else? Uh, you've been watching anything else?
2: I don't think so. I've also rewatched June Part One. Um, and I yeah. mean, I. <laughs> Didn't love it the first time I saw it. I thought, much like Benji said, very slow. Not an awful lot happens in the first one, really, for a sci-fi epic. I think some people probably felt quite undersold, um, expecting it to be a more sort of traditional sci-fi blockbuster. But I'm very excited for part two. I am going to go to the, the midnight screening. Um, I've read the book sort of since... So between watching the first one in the cinemas and seeing the second one, I've read the first book, which both movies are adapted from. And it does seem like a lot more will happen in part two. It feels like okay. part one was set in the scene and part two will have quite a big physical battle sort of en scene. I don't know. It's going to be a lot. More happening, so I'm I'm very excited for part two, despite not being super keen on part one. And I did, I think I did prefer part one a little bit more watching it the second time round, knowing sort of having read the book. I think that did help a little bit. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they go on to make um, a part three or part four, because obviously the the seven main June books in the original Frank Herbert seven. series. Yeah, so I was going to ask. It'd be yeah. interesting to see. although a lot of them done. A lot of them will focus on different characters and different different time settings. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes if it does go into a full franchise thing.
0: Huh, okay, cool. It seems like it will, but yeah, I guess they'll probably gauge it on how this one goes. Yeah, I mean, the first
2: film made less than 500 million, which really? obviously sounds like a lot. But for a, yeah. a blockbuster with a hundred and something million budget, it wasn't... A hu- I think part two is going to do pretty well, though. I mean, it's the blockbuster of the year when it's not being released in the middle of COVID. I think I think part two could top a billion, but we'll we'll see.
0: OK, cool. Um, Yeah, I was sort of polishing off a few things. I finished True Detective. Did either of you watch that? True Detective season four
2: in
1: full? I'm still on season one. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I followed it. What did you did did
0: you the you- whole thing. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. What did you reckon uh, no. to it?
0: I actually really liked it and I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to like this because it's not really, judging from the previous series, which I never watched in full, I was just like, "Eh, it's not really my thing. And even at the start, I was a little bit like, because it's one of these things where there's like a a sort of a um, otherworldly or sort of horror element it, I was like, oh, is this, sometimes I find them hard to believe kind of thing. But actually, it all sort of came together quite nicely and it wasn't too unbelievable you know this sort of otherworldly thing was more a spiritual thing by the end of it rather than a sort of a horror element everything explained itself quite well but I mean from what I've understood of it it's quite the inversion of some previous series because you've got two female leads they're very strong it's very much a feminist sort of tale and epic journey battle both sort of internally and externally and yeah it's set in this like place that's always dark, you know and yeah. and I mean I think there's a lot of menacing undertones, yeah
1: that's why i I mean I think one of the first episodes when I joined screen babble i I spoke about how much I loved the first true detective and uh how mm. the scenery uh very much was yes. an integral part of the cut. and I think that is yeah. the beauty of um the latest season with Jodie Foster is that Mm -hmm. the scenery itself becomes kind of like part and parcel of the cast. It becomes quite, Mm -hmm. it it becomes visually kind of stunning and uh, serves an importance in the narrative as well. I think that the second season and the third season were just kind of like, Oh, people like true crime. Like, no, we kind of like the atmosphere that went along with it as well.
0: Yeah, 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 I get you. There was a new writer in this one, Issa Lopez, and I think she's done a smashing job on it altogether. Obviously, Jodie Foster, like, quite a big name yeah. as well to bring in. And she, oh, she, she plays a blinder in it. Like, she's just fantastic. She's a really angry woman in it, you know, um, but, like, tough as nails. Like, the the two female leads... Like they, they could be male leads, you know, they're like very believable as these really tough cops, you know, that are fighting their own battles and it, but not in a kind of a cliched way, but just like it's quite, it feels quite real. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I would highly recommend that to anyone. Um, and the other thing I watched was, and I mentioned it briefly last week, was breathtaking, which was the new Jed Mercurio mm. three part on ITV about the NHS, about some consultants, doctors, nurses on the front line uh, during COVID. And you know what? It was it was interesting because the first episode was a tough watch. The second episode was unbearable. It was so sad. And I mean, like literally, I think I cried through about 60 percent of it. Like it was really and I'm not a particularly teary person. It was horrendous. But I think it's that thing of like, it was bringing a lot of stuff back, you know, from from the pandemic and things like just silly things I'd like forgotten about like the way you'd have to like move six feet away from someone if you met them on the footpath or whatever. Just weird mm. things like that. Um, But to see obviously what the doctors and nurses and people on the front line had to go through and some of the decisions they had to make and some of the things they did to try to make people feel more comfortable and soothed in their final days and hours. And oh my God, it was just heartbreaking and then the third episode kind of kind of I thought they tried to kind of cram a lot in or it went off in a kind of a direction where the consultant that we've been following kind of through it um which is played by Joanna Froggett from Downton Abbey she's probably Mm. best known for she kind of becomes a whistleblower and it's like it just kind of shoehorns it in, and it's—I don't know—it just—it was a bit of a shame because I enjoyed the rest of it. It's despite it being sad, if you know what I mean. But it's still definitely worth a watch, and it's still horrifying, and it still just makes you think about, you know, and it and it delves into that situation where those the, the juxtaposition of like these people in the hospital treating these people who are dying and under insignificant pressure to ch- make choices about who lives and who dies. And then people standing outside the hospital roaring that there's no pandemic, there's no COVID, they're liars, you know, and they've taken themselves away from their families. And oh my God, it's just, anyway, um, well worth a watch as well. I'm sure you can get that on uh, ITVX. Right. So the deep dive, Stephen, tell us this. I watched the trailer for this and I have to say, I think it looks very funny. Tell us.
2: Yeah, so the completely made up adventures of Dick Turpin is a six part Apple TV series starring Noel Fielding as the eponymous highwayman. It's uh, quite—I don't know if "dry" is the right word. It's—it's a—it's a—it's a well, kind of a sitcom because it is a situational comedy. It's just the situation is that Dick Turpin's accidentally killed the leader of this highwayman band and becomes the new leader, um, but he's he's a vegan. He <laughs> likes knitting mittens. He His dad, who's played by Mark Heap from Friday Night Dinner and also Space. Mm-hmm. so that's there you go. a little, little connection there, um, his works at a butcher's and his son's not really cut out for that <laughs> lifestyle. Um, so he becomes a highwayman instead, but I guess he's more of a um, social enterprise highwayman. He can't really bring himself to... Take on the proper mannerisms and mo of of you know a brutal thief.
0: There's a there's a um, touch of I'm, our flag means death about it as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there is.
2: And it's got such a great cast of um, yeah. everyone from British uh-huh.
0: TV.
2: <laughs> everyone of, like all British the people. Years. It's like they've gone through the cast of Taskmaster from the last like five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You, You've got Joe Wilkinson, Azim Chowdhury, as I say, Mark Heap, um, Hugh Bonneville, Joffrey. Yeah. Oh, Hugh Bonneville! There's a couple of
0: one-liners is. from Hugh Bonneville because mm. he's his kind of arch enemy, isn't he? And yeah, yeah the the gags, the name-related gags are uh, a mile. Uh, yeah, uh,
2: that's a lot of it. A lot of it is wordplay, yeah. and it's it's very funny, very well written. Um, the thing I wasn't so sure about was so the first episode I thought was astound uh, out outstanding i thought this is going to be great um and then they began to introduce like this fantasy element and it became a bit more good omensy um, and now every episode is very fantastical so you have like witches sort of bursting into flames okay. and haunted coaches and things but it handles it it's okay you've got a warlock as in plays craig the warlock yeah. who's a little a little rusty and you have Diane Morgan as his sort of DVLA equivalent yeah. coming to test his warlock abilities. Um it was, but it, really no fielding. It was never
0: gonna be straight up and down though, with Noel, was it? There was always gonna be something surreal or yeah, random thrown yeah, in there, a, yeah.
2: It's not as off the wall as Mighty Boosh yeah. or the IT crowd or anything, mm-hmm. but it's it's very funny because it, you you kind of get the feeling that it's Noel's personality is very much part of his character in this. And the the gang are not cut out for high womenship. Mm. They're all quite soft, really. Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah, there's definitely a sense of, like, um, poking fun at, I don't know, Gen Z or, like, the snowflake culture sure. or whatever. And it's sure. like... I'm not a traditional highwayman. That's the kind of vibe of it. And we're going to do things differently, you know, And which is, again, very similar yeah. to Our Flag Means Death, that sort of tone. But um, it looks like it has an amazing budget, though, for a British comedy, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the thing that surprised me. I guess that's the Apple yeah. TV dollars. I mean, some of it, I think, intentionally, the fantasy elements aren't too realistic you know they okay, look a yeah, bit yeah. cheaper and I, I don't know if that's a budget thing or because they're trying to make an authentic british comedy and it would be weird if it suddenly <laughs> had like a super high budget which i think is going yeah, to be the line yeah. that doctor who has to tread now that it's got the disney money coming in they want to keep yeah, that okay. amp, practical yeah. deeper effects type type thing it's, it's very episodic so each episode they have this different obstacle they need to come for instance they they need to rob the unrobable coach or they need to um basically get rid of this witch that's come to the village and and if they are I think she's called the the reddle hag or something and it's okay because she won't come unless her name is said 27 times which then leads on to a conversation about how often someone realistically would say reddle hag because reddle hag is not a very common word and no one in their right mind would say "Red twenty-seven times, <laughs> and that's quite a funny moment. Um, but it's, it's it's all very like stupidly yeah, funny, I guess. Yeah. Like it's the stupid. They go for yeah. yeah, they work very well. It's very, very, uh, very funny stuff. So right?
0: Apple TV. I have to admit, I was like, "How can I get access to Apple TV after watching the trailer?" So that's a, a good sign, I think, for um, if they're punting it around the place. Uh, how many episodes and yep. when is it online? So
2: there are six episodes, and it premieres on the Friday, the first of March. So tomorrow, fantastic.
0: Okay, thank you, Stephen. Benji, so we'd coupling last week, and now we're going to talk about space. Yeah, we kind are of in that sort of sort of era. And um, I realized the other day that this came out the day after I turned eighteen. There you go.
1: Really. I mean, That's I right. I know it came out <laughs> nineteen ninety nine two thousand and one. but I, I yes. missed most of it the first time round as I was
2: what
0: mm-hmm. still sixteen. Uh, there you
2: go. I'd have been, I'd have been turning turning one. Oh, good. It turning up. one. I'm surprised
0: you were alive actually. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: no, that's uh, now I feel <laughs> like, now I feel incredibly old, but you know I'm probably still not the, like the
0: oldest Benji. I don't on. know, I'm,
1: just, <laughs> I'm probably the same age as just the characters now. But uh, what can be said about space that hasn't been said before? For those unfamiliar with the premise, we have Tim and Daisy at the very first episode. They're both flat hunting because things in their love lives didn't really go according to plan. They find a really great apartment in a place in London, which is a series of apartments or flats run by Marsha. The only problem is that to move in, they have to pretend that they are a married or a soon-to-be married couple. So the nucleus of the whole tension in space is, of course, are they going to get found out? Then, of course, you've got on top of that, maybe they might just fall in love. But much Uh like Stephen mentioned with uh, Dick Turpin, much like we've brought up with Coupling and also the Mighty Boosh we've mentioned earlier, it's just a fantastic ensemble and how they manage to interweave one or two kind of storylines each episode, but seamlessly get all the characters involved. And for as much as I love Simon Pegg and Jessica Hine as Tim and Daisy, I mean, Nick Frost was absolutely fantastic in the series as Tim's best mate. Uh, Uh Stephen mentioned Mark Heap, who I think is one of the best character actors England's ever produced. Uh, He plays Brian, the tortured artist who plays up to the pretension beyond belief. Uh, You have just a myriad of cameos as well, including David Walliams, who played uh brian's former gay lover who they go and visit at an art exhibition that episode in particular i love because it references cheap speed that they bought off a uni student in a pub and playing (laughs) resident evil 2 which was the video game du jour at the time
0: at the time Uh, mm.
1: me being just a people ask me how do i have a treasure trove of crap in my head of pop culture knowledge and it kind of helps that watching Space was kind of So many reference points, referencing Pulp Fiction, referencing, like I mentioned, Resident Evil 2, all of these Uh really, at times, esoteric, nerdy pop culture references that, thankfully, Mm -hmm. if you own a DVD, much like they did with the Shaun of the Dead DVD, you can bang on the subtitle track, which will tell you exactly where the pop culture reference comes from. But Uh, It was Spaced and Russ Noble when I was at university that became a rite of passage. Everybody used to get around, uh, consume whatever would imbibe them on that evening. And we would just run through Spaced. And I, much like the Sopranos, have to at least once a year check in on Tim and Daisy and see how they're doing. Uh, It's fantastic, and I'm glad they've not done a Blu-ray release because, to quote Edgar Wright, what would be the point? It kind of looks crap anyway. It would just look crappier (laughs) if we put it in high definition. So all of that is available on, if you're in the UK, uh, all four, Channel 4, whatever they've decided to brand themselves this time uh, without a subscription. So, you know, yeah, I might have to put up with the odd advert here and there, but, uh, no, it's one of the best comedies and another fine example of, like Stephen mentioned – that interesting alternative comedy sect that we got in the late 90s coming together and creating something brilliant.
0: emerging. And it's also kind
1: of timely that as of recording, Simon Pegg is allegedly working on a Galaxy Quest 2. So he's just... Simon Pegg
0: has become massive, hasn't he? I mean, you could not have guessed back in the space days that he would be doing Mission Impossible movies and whatnot. Some would argue that was some, some of his better work, I suppose, back in the day and things like Shaun of the Dead, etc. But um, yeah, it's it's well, it's always good to see British actors coming up like that and yeah, made I mean, it all the way to the top. I,
1: if I could be selfish for a minute, just come back and do like some more of that pop culture stuff, please. Yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great that Edgar yeah. Wright and everyone's gone off to do big things, but... Just come yeah. back. doesn't have to be spaced. Just collaborate a little bit more again.
0: <laughs> All is forgiven. All is forgiven. OK, thanks for that, Benji. Thank you, too, for joining us this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which we will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, do get in touch with us via social media. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Ciao for now.
2: Bye.